Hey everybody, this is Steven Jensen. Thanks for checking out the Fight Talk podcast. Today my guest is Jamie Kilstein, and this is one of my favorite conversations I've had in a long time. We talk about pro wrestling and life. Super enjoyable conversation. And I'm popping on here before we get started to just let y'all know that initially this conversation was a bit longer. I had some technical difficulties on my end, nothing that Jamie did, 100% on me. And so initially this was going to be a bit longer. I hope to eventually get you the audio from the rest of the conversation as another part to this episode. But I do also hope to have Jamie on for another episode of this and also to get him on with myself and Jesse for our live chats sometime in the very near future. So I just wanted to pop on here once again to let y'all know that there may be more to this conversation you may you might hear in the future, and there also might be some video you see of this on Jesse Davin's YouTube channel, because I did take video as well, and I think that turned out pretty good still for at least the first half hour of this show. So all that being said, thanks y'all for so much for listening to this, and without any further ado, enjoy this conversation with myself and Jamie Kilstein. Hello everyone, this is Steven Jensen. I'm here with Jamie Kilstein. I know Jamie as a comedian, as a podcaster, as a radio personality, as a wrestling fan, as a guy who does jiu-jitsu, does a whole bunch of stuff. I was first introduced to Jamie through the Joe Rogan podcast a long time ago, um, and I'm really happy to have him on my show today. Um, Jamie, how are you doing, man? Thank you once again for joining me, and make sure to tell everyone what you're doing, because I know you got some big stuff coming up. Yeah, uh, well, a couple, couple things off the intro already. Whenever... Uh, I make a new friend, there's always this like tension because I've had so much like crazy shit happen in my life. So when you were like, I first heard him on the Joe Rogan <laughs> show, I'm like, great. You already know about all the bullshit I've gone through. Hooray. We can continue to be friends. Can, uh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Amazing. Um, yeah. The with just hearing that was my favorite intro I've gotten because usually I get like a sad political intro now, but hearing in a row comedy jiu-jitsu wrestling i'm like i live the life of a child and like in a good way and like a very exciting sort of this is 16 year old jamie's dream uh uh talking about wrestling and jiu-jitsu and fucking comedy shit um so yeah so thank you for having me on um yeah i have a i have a podcast i have a couple i have two podcasts um i have a podcast one's called a fuck-ups guide to self-help pretty self-explanatory by the title um we talk about all of our fuck ups and we have this great community of weirdos and outcasts and misfits and we all kind of just try to help each other out and like laugh about our bullshit. Uh, Diamond Dallas Page is actually the guest next week, which is was fucking intense and crazy and awesome. And then I have a fight podcast, which is mainly jujitsu focused, but now we're going into MMA uh, and I'm actually interviewing Josh Barnett for that uh, after we talk for next week. So I'm sure that uh pro wrestling will come up and yeah we've had everyone from like you know kenny florian uh carlos condit here on gracie eddie bravo all that shit um so that's the fight comedy podcast the regular podcast oh and then i'm recording uh my first album in like fucking almost a decade dude in like eight years um in denver on saturday october 3rd um and the information, the links in my Instagram bio, which is at the Jamie Kilstein. And that's it. Awesome, that's what I got. Man. Yeah, good stuff, man. Glad to hear you're doing more comedy. I remember seeing you. I re- recently rewatched it before we were having this conversation. Uh, like you on Conan and like all this stuff, man. Like I, that, that must be like a lifetime ago already. 
It really, I can't believe that shit's still out there. Like, um, Jessamine Duke, who I fucking love, uh, we just started talking to each other on social media um, because she saw that old green room clip of mine. Uh, and whenever wrestlers write me about my comedy, I'm just like, oh, terrible news. All I'm going to want to talk about is how to become a wrestler. Uh, like, you think you're getting into a friendship that has nothing to do with wrestling, and all I want to do is talk about wrestling. Like, I think Kyle O'Reilly heard me on Rogan first. Like, all my wrestling buddies heard me, found me through, like, not wrestling. Um, and now they just have to de- deal with my text messages of like, is 38 too old to become a wrestler? <laughs> and, uh, and thank Christ they fucking are, are very, wrestlers are so sweet, dude. Um, and so they're very nice about it. But, uh, yeah, it, it, it really does feel like forever ago. And I don't know, not to get like too serious, but I've seen a lot of people who have either gone through personal shit or maybe haven't reached their goals um in wrestling and mma and comedy and a lot of times they'll look back at their past kind of like angry like oh man i fucking i did conan like why aren't i bigger or i did this and i think that's such an unhealthy toxic way to look at it where when i think about moments like that I can see the part of my brain (laughs) through psychedelics. I can see the part of my brain that would go down that road of like, man, if I kept going or if I worked a little harder or if I didn't talk shit to this person or like if I didn't cheat on my fucking girlfriend or like, you know, just when I was like a shitty younger person. But that's just that's not helpful to who you are in the present. And instead I go, wow, that was a really dope thing I got to do. Like, I put my head on shoulder or on Conan's shoulder after my set. Kobe was the other guest. Like, no one got, like, I got to do that, which is really awesome. And now, because I haven't been bitter and because I haven't, you know, I've tried my best to just be happy and healthy and become a better person and blah, 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 um, I can be like, cool. If that happens again, it's now going to happen when I'm more mature, deserve it. Uh, and I mean, dude, if I got fucking famous after that shit, I'd be dead. I would have been addicted to drugs and I would have been dead. Um, I would have been, I would have been the, the sequel to the diamond Dallas page, Jake, the snake Roberts movie, uh, where I just, I, I don't have a snake. <laughs> right. Well, dude, a lot, a lot there. Like, I mean, first of all, mentioning 38, you said 38 is how old you are currently? 38. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know Diamond Dallas Page didn't start wrestling until he was like 35. That's a pretty, Oh. Yeah, that that's a that's a cool thing that you're you're going to be talking to him soon. He'd be like the perfect person to talk to about this. Oh, okay. So we recorded it yesterday. Um and I was talking to my buddy who's a producer over the WWE and he's like you got to fucking tape this. He's like this could be the beginning of your weird fucking journey. And uh, so I did. So I interviewed him yesterday. It's going to go up on Wednesday. And, you know, we talked about the regular mental health. We talked about DDP yoga. Uh, And then I brought it up at the end thinking he would hang up on me. But we had such a good conversation up to then. And he fucking lit up, dude. So he invited me. He sent me his number. Uh, I'm going to go down and stay with him and train for like a week or two, uh, probably in November. Uh, but yeah, man, you're like the third person. You, Jessamine, O'Reilly all told me. And Bobby Fish started late too, Kyle said. 
Um, he's like ten years older than the rest of those guys. Those young yeah. guys, yeah. But I didn't know he started a little later too, so that was cool. Um, because you know, at first when I heard the DDP thing, I went down the negative rabbit hole. God, this is not a fun interview for you. I'm so sorry. Uh, well, no, no, I love this man absolutely. Oh. And this Great. is this is all like local to me, but I'm in Atlanta, so like you're talking about like you're you're talking about coming. Is DDP in Atlanta currently or California? No, Atlanta. He's in Atlanta. So, I mean, if you're around, man, I'd love to meet you in person sometime too. Like this is this is all great stuff. I love hearing oh, this. A hundred percent. Great. I didn't know. Sometimes like. I feel bad because I'll get introduced as like, uh, you know, funny man, Jamie Kilstein. And then I'm like, November's when I tried to kill myself. And I'm like, <laughs> what? I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. Should I say it in a funny voice? I tried to kill myself. You know? <laughs> um, and so, uh, yeah. But so the DDP thing, um, I feel like, again, there's always that. I talked a lot about this with him on the podcast about how we cling to these identities and these really shitty narratives about ourselves. You know, I'm, I'm just a fucking dude who drinks too much or, you know, I'm never going to work out or I'm the guy who does this or I'm the jealous girl or I'm the whatever. And instead of wanting to get past those things, you know, so I used to be very negative. I used to be, I mean, depressed a lot. I still, you know, go back and forth with depression. Um, but I could see that old side of myself when I think O'Reilly was probably the first one to tell me, you know, DDP started at 35 and I didn't know that. And the, at first you go, yeah, but I'm 38, you know, but when I was talking to him yesterday, instead of seeing those things as like a negative, if you see them as challenges, it's actually more exciting where I go, Oh, cool. DDP did it at 35. So I'm going to be the guy to do it at fucking 38 and I'm going to be the guy who does it. Who's like five foot fucking seven. And I'm, you know what I mean? Um, maybe it means I become a writer. Maybe it means I'm a fucking manager. Like I didn't know his whole story about like, he was going to be a manager and was like kind of outshining, uh, people as a manager and like, no one thought he could wrestle. So then he just started like being a fucking workhorse and taping all of his mat. Like it's such a cool story. Um, and that's the kind of shit I, I, I just fucking live for, man. Yeah, absolutely, dude. That's awesome. And also you mentioned Kyle O'Reilly a lot, which is great because the literal, I didn't even know you were friends with Kyle O'Reilly. Literally, I I have a few just bullet points here of a few things I wanted to talk about. And it's all going to be wrestling related, by the way. Like this is just a straight up like nerd, nerd wrestling podcast. Um, and Kyle O'Reilly is actually my favorite wrestler in WWE. So like, like no joke. Whoa, and, that's and, awesome. And because he was getting this title shot coming up against Adam Cole on or sorry, against um Finn Balor on October fourth, that was the first thing of like my topics was like Kyle O'Reilly, give his opinion on this guy. So you know him personally. That's awesome. That's so cool. Dude, did you see that fucking so I uh uh, I had to go I, I couldn't watch all of NXT last night, so I didn't see the signing yet. But I saw that package. I posted about it on Instagram. That little, uh, that piece they did on O'Reilly with like the like explosions in the sky sounding type dramatic music and him like and like clips of his old wrestling matches and like f- I am so fucking glad he is getting a title shot. I love the way that they're setting it up. Uh, it's just like it's fucking great to watch. Yeah, it really is like, and it's like a long-term story. Cause that even goes back like, cause, cause kind of what I think is so cool about it outside of Kyle getting this opportunity. Cause like, 
I could talk about him all day. Like, there's been you know, wrestlers I've interviewed, uh, Danny Adams being one of them, an independent wrestler who is a part owner of Glory Pro Wrestling um, in the St. Louis area. He's told me that the most difficult training sessions he has ever gone through in his life were run by Kyle O'Reilly. He's like, this guy goes 110% all the time. He's like, we learn so much from this dude. Everyone loves him. Like, he's Whoa. like, so, he's like such like a well-liked guy. And without getting like too personal or whatever, like, you know, he, he suffers, you know, he deals with diabetes. So it's like, he has like that extra layer of like needing to make sure like his like uh, blood sugar is like on point. And like, yeah. there's, there's a whole thing where like, I really respect Kyle's work ethic and the fact that he's gone from like, you know, kind of like a tag team quote unquote level guy in NXT to now we're seeing like the singles run and now that overlaps with, with Adam Cole and their history from Ring of Honor as a tag team and as opponents and all this stuff. It's awesome how this is all kind of all coming together right now. Years yeah. later. Yeah, man. And again, like, it all happens when it's supposed to happen. Um, you know, if Kyle, and I'm sure he's human. I'm sure he's had moments and I can't speak for him, but I can speak for myself and a lot of artists I know, some famous, some who quit. Um, where it would have been easy for someone like him to have a chip on his shoulder, right? Or to be, you know, why did I make it? Or, uh, oh, I'm just a fucking tag team guy or whatever. But it's like, it's what he talked about in that package rang as so authentic where when he was talking about, I would still be working just as fucking hard on the indies or, you know, and when you do something because you love it, like, that's the secret. That's the fucking trick. Where I tell people this all the time where they're like, I want to be a writer, but, like, I, I don't know if I can, like, get a book deal. It's like, get a book deal? You have to write something. Like, and you have to write something because you want to write it. Like, and I used to do that, too. You know, I would just measure myself. It's a very human thing where especially in america we we measure ourselves by our successes right um not you wouldn't call yourself a writer if you just journal every day but what if journaling every day is what sparks meaning and bliss in your life then you're a fucking writer you know and for me with comedy there was there was a point where i just didn't love it and i was so miserable and I felt like a failure and then like my only friend was like fucking Robin Williams and then he killed himself oh, so I was right. like I was like I get it like Jesus Christ it was just so sad and so dark and you know I've, I've been thinking about him a lot recently like going into taping this album and again it just like what I said about Conan where it's like wow like I got those moments like those moments were real that friendship was real and even if I never do comedy again, or even if I fail, or even if this record sucks or whatever, like those were the moments I had. And so I truly believe Kyle, when he says he would be enjoying it and working just as hard as much on the indies, because so uh, you, you also talk about like MMA and fighting stuff, right? Yeah. Yep. Okay. So I came up under Marcelo Garcia for jujitsu and uh, for like 10 years. And he said one of my favorite things ever, which is, and it ties into this O'Reilly talk, where at the sort of like peak, when he was just destroying everybody, 
everybody. Like he was the best in the world. I mean, he's still called the best in the world. Um, he was interviewed by, you know, one of those grappling magazines or Gracie magazine or something. And they go, why are you the best essentially? And this is when every fighter goes, yo, I'm the fastest. I'm the strongest. I work harder than everybody. Uh, I got the best. Even if they're being nice, they'll be like, I got the best team in the world. And Marcelo said something that I will never forget. And I kind of live by this where he goes, I love jujitsu more than everybody. Mm. That was his shit talking. His shit talking was, I love it more. Because what does that mean? If you love it more, it means no matter what the fucking outcome is, beating Finn Balor, losing to Finn Balor, going to Monday Night Raw, having to go back to the indies, whatever, training. Um, If you love it, you already fucking won. And if you already won, then you're fighting without anything to lose. Which kind of means you're fucking invincible. So the book deal does it. And it also means you're going to be taking more risks. You know, I've become more successful since leaving L.A. Because when I was in L.A., I just did what I thought I was supposed to do. Or I'm like, oh, I hope Rogan sees this set or I hope blah, blah, blah. And then I got to Arizona and I was like, I want to make weird fucking fight videos and i want to change the name of my podcast to the thing that my agent told me not to and i want to host a fight podcast and now i'm like i want to wrestle and i i pick myself up from being completely broken suicidal just doing the things that make me happy you know um so yeah that's how I feel about Kyler Riley. I'm so sorry that went off the rails. Dude, no, this is amazing. This is stuff that I hope that anybody with like any kind of passion, whether it's wrestling or any kind of art or whatever, hears because uh, you could apply that. I could, I mean, not to the same level of success, but I would say like I wouldn't be doing podcasts and stuff for like Fightful.com. I wouldn't be editing videos for large YouTube channels. Yep. I wouldn't like, but the only reason I'm able to do that is because I did it for no reason other than I liked it for years yeah. before anybody. Cause by the time that comes around, by the time somebody gives you that opportunity to go, Hey man, we're thinking about you. Um, what, what do you have to show me? If you have something to show them, that's huge. Humongous. Dude, I love this. And don't shortchange yourself too. Like, because even like, I'll look at you and I admire what you're doing. Not the editing part, but like being able to talk about wrestling and like, you know, it's so funny because I got so excited when you followed me on Twitter. I forget who followed who first. I think I followed you well, first. Well, we're both mutual friends with, with Jesse through Twitter. Yeah. Like, just yes. small world. And Jesse's fucking, I said this before he we went on air, just like a wonderful soul. And um, it's funny because, so I didn't know who you were. And I read through your Twitter timeline. And I got so excited and I DM'd you, I think. You did. Uh, yeah, yeah. And I was just like, dude, I love your timeline. Like, whatever you wrote. I think you wrote something so simple where you were like, night vision goggles, huh? Or something like that. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, I want to be friends with this guy. Because, so for me, it's like, okay, I did Conan, whatever. But for me, all I want to do is talk about wrestling. And a lot of wrestlers follow me on Twitter, but... Out of, I don't have a ton of followers, but I have like 32, 33,000 something. When I try to post a joke about Raw or AEW or something, it's Jesse likes it. It's one like. And that, again, it shouldn't be about that. And But 
I see someone like you or even Jesse. I wrote to Jesse and I was like, dude, you are so funny when tweeting about wrestling. So like there's stuff that I admire in you, in Jesse and would like, like you never know who's watching you, how you're going to inspire somebody who like, I, you know, I did Sam Roberts podcast and we talked a lot about this. I love him by uh, the way. He was a big inspiration for me starting my podcast when I, because he's been doing it. A lot of people don't know. A lot of people just know him through like his WWE work. He was interviewing indie wrestlers a decade ago. I mean, Yup, and, and and we, I had him on my, after I did his podcast, I had him on mine, and was essentially like, dude, you did it, and he was like, I know, and everybody who told him to not follow wrestling, everybody who shit talks him on Twitter, it, it still phases me, it does not phase him, he just goes, good, he'll tweet something and be like, tear each other's fucking head up, because he has a beautiful family and a beautiful home and he gets to go down to his basement of action figures and talk about wrestling. And that to me is a great, and he did it again for no other reason. Not because he's like, you know, for me, if I wrestle, no, let's say it another way. If I write, which is probably far more likely if I wanted to get involved with wrestling, it would be doing something like you're doing, uh, punching things up, writing for the WWE, uh, maybe managing, whatever. I'm still going to train and I'm still going to train harder than a lot of people because I love it and I want to learn about it. And I think that like that's where you're head has to be if you're only visualizing coming out as the wwe champion like cool visualize that but also it's like you can't have that mentality of and so many people do this with comedy with everything of like i deserve it um or this person doesn't deserve it or you know when I'm around, and I'm sure you feel the same way, the people who just want to shit all over wrestling or talk about how this person doesn't deserve that or, you know, it's just such a, a, a mental suck. It's just such a fucking waste of energy that I'm like, no, dude, I want to be around people who just want to celebrate it all. We can make jokes and and talk about like, oh, fucking night vision goggles. By the <laughs> yes. way. With a night vision guy, when he first put on goggles, I, my my head got so much darker where I'm like, is he going to light the place on fire? Because he was like, he had the hood and he was carrying this bag of things and it looked like he had some kind of like hose or something. And I was like, what is happening? Like, I literally thought, I was like, is it poisonous gas? That like night vision goggles was actually like a little bit more chill than the crazy <laughs> shit I thought they were going to do. Yeah, man, that's wild. That, that's something that, you know, as a wrestling fan, you know, there's so many layers to it. Like there's all obviously like you take it seriously enough because you because you love it. But at the same time, there's so much goofiness about it that like I, I, I get mad when people take it too seriously, too. It's just like if you can't laugh about night vision, go- night vision goggles from Raw, like, if, you can't, if you can't laugh a little bit about retribution here and there and stuff, I mean, come on. Like, I mean, some of oh, the stuff yeah. goofy. Well, but, but there's a difference between I think you nailed it. There's a difference between laughing at it. And just like constantly being outraged. Where oh, 100%, it's like, 100%. Where it's like, you don't need to watch wrestling. If it just tortures you like you're making it out to be, <laughs> like, you know, fucking 
go watch something else. Uh, that won't make you like Superman. It's like whenever you see a comedian who's like, oh, my fucking bitch wife. It's like, get a divorce. Like, <laughs> you don't sound happy. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I, I see way too much of that, especially on social media, where it's like people literally like wishing death on other wrestling fans because oh. of having a different opinion of. And like the thing is, at the end of the day, it's all coming from the same place of wanting wrestling to be good. Like you're such a fan that you're, yeah. you're getting to a level of being so passionate about it that like you're willing to fight over it. It's almost somewhere almost kind of like being like a extreme into like religion or something where it's like, you don't believe what I believe and I'm willing to kill over that. And it's like, but at the end of the day, aren't we all just looking for like answers or like, I'm like, how can yeah. you, you know what I'm saying? So like when you have a situation like that, I hate seeing that. Cause it's like, you do do you like the two people fighting each other on Twitter over you know AEW versus WWE or whatever it is? It's like y'all realize you'd probably be best friends if you just listen to each other. Oh my god, you know? dude, you're fucking. That's so funny. If I yeah, if I was in a grocery store and I had an AEW shirt on and yeah, a WWE fan who like kind of knew what AEW was, would be so excited. Yeah, we're just be like, oh, you like wrestling, and yes. then we'd talk about yeah, you're right. Like, oh, you found the one person in your town that, like, you can talk to about, like, obscure indie wrestling or whatever. You'd be so pumped. And, yeah, the conversations would probably be – you'd probably make fun of each other about, oh, he's a fucking WWE guy or he's one of these, like, fucking indie hipsters or whatever. Um, but, yeah, on Twitter, it's just like – you know, and it's the whole I don't want other people to like the band I like. It, it's posturing. It happens in politics. It happens in wrestling. It happens – where I used to do this all the time in politics, like, you know, oh, you were offended at this. Well, I'm going to be offended at the the live version of, or whatever. And it's just it comes from insecurity. A lot of it where, you know, you're not confident and happy enough with the things that bring you joy that you have to shit on what brings other people joy, which is weird because for wrestling fans, it's like we really should bond at the fact that. It's easy to say we, we're all dorks, right? And we are, but we're also kind of, I mean, I've never said this before, so maybe this is a bit too earnest, but there's also something kind of brave about it in the yeah. sense that in a world that will still make fun of wrestling or just think it's goofy or whatever, we still so passionately will love it. Like, did you see that? Washington, I, I forget what newspaper it was from, but there's some dumb fucking article that came out the other day that was like, and I'm not a Trump guy, I'm super liberal, but it was like the people who like Trump are like pro wrestling fans. And I'm like, what are you doing? Like, no, pro wrestling fans, I mean, one, they're going to be liberals, they're going to be Republicans, but pro wrestling fans are sweethearts for the most part. I mean, they're assholes, but like, they're sweethearts. And again, they're not afraid to advertise loving this thing that's seen as dorky like i'm so excited to i never get to talk about this so i'm just cut me off anytime i'm, I'm no, rambling no, not at all. yeah go for it man but like my, two of my favorite moments i mean talking to sam about like that I, I i love i mean that was one of my favorite interviews i've ever done but yeah my two favorite moments about just authentic wrestling fans were one yesterday interviewing DDP. I thought the second I went to wrestling, because I, you know, I, I haven't seen a ton of interviews with him, but I was afraid that when I went to wrestling, he'd kind of be like, uh, 
All right. I guess guess we got to talk about this. So I very purposefully, the beginning of the interview was about yoga, was about mental health. And then once we started hitting it off, I was like, hey, I'm 38 and I want to wrestle. And we start talking about wrestling and he lights up, lights up. And he's telling me stories about the Hall of Fame. He's telling me stories about Eric Bischoff. He's telling me about when he started. He's talking about when fucking Michael Hayes literally fell down laughing when he told him he wanted to be a wrestler. Um, He's using terminology. Like, at one point, he cut me off because he got so excited. And I've never heard this before. And he goes, sorry, I didn't mean to rake your eyes. And I was like, (laughs) oh, I'm like, that was so fucking cool. And it made me feel like I was part of some, like, cool club where I'm like, I want to start fucking saying rake your eyes. And I felt like a kid. And then he told me that, uh, so he wrestled a couple matches. I should be just listening to the podcast, you guys. But I'm going to tell you this story because I'm so excited. Uh, and I'm bad at business. He so he wrestled a couple matches when he was 23. He sucked. He disappeared. Then he tells this whole story about you know boozing and fucking chicks and running clubs in Florida and blah blah blah. And one day he's flipping through the stations, accidentally stumbles upon wrestling, falls in love with it. That was how I felt. So I tried to train when I was like 22 at Stevie Richards School. I lasted a day. Um, I did backyard wrestling. I was catfished by a fake Mick Foley. I met Mick Foley years later at an autograph signing. And I was like, Hey, is this you? And he's like, no, Jesus Christ. Do not like, I would have been kidnapped. Um, I, so totally obsessed with wrestling, stopped watching during the attitude era, then watched the, uh, was it all out the AEW when, 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 when Cody fought Dustin, um, Oh, no. Was it Double or Nothing? Double, yeah. yeah. So before that, I watched the kind of Ring of Honor AEW crossover before AEW. All in. Yep. Fucking completely fell in love with wrestling. Then I watched, um, and this was my DDP flipping through the channels moment, when I saw Cody and Dustin fight, and it just brought me to fucking tears. And I wrote a piece about it called Wrestling is Real that I just posted on, like, my, like, free Medium account. And it just moved me so much. And so when I brought that up to DDP, he got, like, emotional about that match. And we just nerded out talking about that match. And that moment with him where it's like, man, he could be fucking jaded. He's lost friends during wrestling. He's been injured during wrestling. He... And just the fact that he still lit up to talk about that match. And then he started talking about Darby Allen. And, like, it's like, oh, he still just loves it. And that, I believe, is why he was so successful. And that, I believe, is why when he was taking flip bumps wrong and injuring himself at 36, 36 while, while his friends, friends are laughing at him, at him is, is what pushed, pushed him to get, get as far as, as he got. got. All right, everyone, and as you can hear there, that's where I started having some of the technical difficulties that I was talking about at the top of the show, but I still think we gave you a pretty darn good half hour, if I do say so myself. Like I said at the top of the show, I plan on having Jamie on again as soon as possible right here on the Fight Talk podcast, and also look out for him possibly being a part of myself and Jesse Davin's YouTube channel in the near future. I hope to have him on to talk about pro wrestling there as well, and also make sure 
to check out all the stuff Jamie has going on right now. You can check out his first comedy album that he's doing in about eight years. It's going to be in Denver, Colorado, Saturday, October 3rd, just two days from today. And you can get all the information from that. The links are in his Instagram. Just check that out at the Jamie Kilstein. That is T-H-E-J-A-M-I-E-K-I-L-S-T-E-I-N. So yeah, looking forward to that comedy special very much. I hope you are too, everyone listening out there. Also make sure to check out his podcasts. He has a fuck ups guide to self-help. The next guest is going to be Diamond Dallas Page, which we talked about a bit on this uh, episode here that you just heard. And you can also check out his other podcast, Rear Naked Radio, that's going to be featuring Josh Barnett, the legend, the, the MMA and pro wrestling legend. Josh Barnett is going to be on Rear Naked Radio with Jamie Kilstein. Uh, and that's going to be coming up next week for y'all. So check out both of his podcasts and check out that new comedy special. Thank you once again so much to Jamie for your time today. And can't wait to see you and talk to you in the future, man. Great dude. Um, as far as my stuff, you can make sure to check me out on Twitter. That's going to be Fight Talk underscore F-I-G-H-T-T-A-L-K underscore. Same as my Twitch handle. So if you're into video games, been dabbling on that a little bit lately. If you want to subscribe to that channel, you get some custom emotes and badges, and you don't have to watch advertisements. So that's pretty cool. So check that out. Twitch and Twitter are both at Fight Talk underscore F-I-G-H-T-T-A-L-K underscore. You can check out my MMA podcast that I've been doing every week with the Sobros Network out of Nashville, Tennessee. It is called Another Round MMA. You can find it on all major pod, podcast platforms. And you can also check out myself and Jesse Davin doing our live chats. We do them multiple times a week, just talking about whatever the latest topics in pro wrestling are. So make sure to check that out and subscribe to her YouTube channel. It is J-E-S-S-I-D-A-V-I-N. That's Jesse Davin. And we are, I think, something like 80 or so people away from 10,000 subscribers there. And once we hit 10,000 subscribers, we have an awesome giveaway package for y'all. Like I already have some autograph 8x10, some action figures. We've been talking to some pretty cool companies about throwing some stuff into this this uh, prize for us. So, you know, check that out. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Join us on our live chats. We always appreciate y'all. And that's pretty much it. Uh, oh, if you're a fan of mixed martial arts as well, you can check out my videos at All Things MMA. Just had a Paulo Costa video go up a week or so ago, and I have another one coming out sometime, probably within this week or next week. I've already have I already have it finished. It's just a matter of when they decide to upload it. So. Check that out. That's at All Things MMA. And of course, the Fightful Select Weekender podcast. You can check that out on the Patreon service for Fightful.com. I talk pretty much all things non-WWE. I talk a little AEW through way of being the elite. Um, and I talk a lot of indie wrestling, Impact, NWA, Ring of Honor, a whole bunch of stuff. A lot of stuff on independentwrestling.tv. So check that out too. That's at Fightful.com. Sponsors of the show today, Steel Boxing and Athletics, owned by my brother Brian Jensen. Make sure to check him out on Instagram at BoxingATL, that's B-O-X-I-N-G-A-T-L. If you want to learn how to be an amateur fighter, a professional fighter, want to learn how to throw hands, get in better shape, just some self-defense, whatever the case is, Brian can meet you in person in the Atlanta, Georgia area. You can come to his gym or he can help you over Zoom anywhere in the world. So check him out. Get a knockout workout without getting knocked out. Hit up Brian Jensen right now. That's once again, BoxingATL on Instagram. Also hit up WrestleRumble.com. That is the place to be for fantasy pick'em contests for professional wrestling. They always have crazy cash, crazy prizes. They just gave away eight replica titles on their last uh, their last raffle. Just awesome stuff. Make sure to support them. They are on Twitter at WrestleRumble, and of course the website is WrestleRumble.com. And last and never least, shout out to Music City Toys and Collectibles. 
They have great deals. They're good people, give you fair business. Uh, they usually beat any price I ever find on eBay for stuff, and they're super easy to get in touch with. Just hit them up on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Just search Music City Toys and Collectibles. As always, with all of our sponsors, make sure to support them because they support us. And if you tell them that I sent you over there or that Jesse Davin sent you over to them, I promise you you get a really, really good deal. Thanks again for listening, and I'll be back soon.